Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, would somebody just praise the Lord for another moment? Hallelujah. Come on, does anybody have a shout of praise for the Lord? It's never out of order. It's never too much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. Let me tell you what I feel in this place. There is a fire of the Holy Ghost in this church right now. There is a consuming fire of His Spirit in this place right now. The Holy Ghost has been here, but the Lord is trying to pour a fire of His Spirit that consumes all doubt and disbelief, that consumes every anxiety and fear and insecurity. There is a fire of the Holy Ghost wanting to unleash havoc in this room today. Why don't you just lift up your hands right now and say, I want that fire on me. I want that fire in my soul. I've got to be filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. As your hands are lifted right now, would you just lift up a voice unto the Lord? Come on, would you extend your faith right now? Almighty God, let the fire of the Holy Ghost fall. I'll read to you two portions of Scripture in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, and also in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, we are introduced to the fire of the Holy Ghost through the prophetic words of John the Baptist. I woke up this morning with this word on my spirit and so I'm just bringing to you what I feel in the Holy Ghost John the Baptist said I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he everybody say Jesus but he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear and he somebody say Jesus He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So, of course, when this took place for the very first time in the book of Acts chapter 2, it says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen, amen, amen. John the Baptist said he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Everybody say fire. I want to talk to you for just a few moments about being filled with fire. Filled with fire. Is there anybody in this room 
that says, I, I've got the Holy Ghost, but I want that fire John the Baptist was talking about. <laughs> I want that all-consuming fire that disturbs me, that completely destroys my agenda, that transforms me, delivers me, sets me free. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost. One more time, would you just lift up a voice of praise unto God, and would you establish in your heart, I'm not leaving this place until that fire consumes me. I'm not leaving this place until that fire changes me. I've got to have the fire of the Holy Ghost. That fire is here right now. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. If you've got any more room on the volume of these monitors, crank it up until my ears are bleeding. Filled with fire. I reiterate one more time John the Baptist's words that said, He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I did go to Bible college, but I'm not a poster child of Version Graduate School of Theology. They don't, they don't claim me. So hermeneutically, I don't know exactly how to describe this to you in the context of the Bible. When John the Baptist prophesied that Jesus would baptize, I do know what that word means. Baptize means to be fully immersed that he would fully immerse or overwhelm. David said, he will anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. That's being baptized. He said, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So I don't want to give you a word that's out of the context of the Bible, but I will tell you, and you could understand and even testify to this, that you know the difference between somebody that's just had a Holy Ghost experience and another person that is on fire with the Holy Ghost. In fact, you can even look at your own life and see certain days and certain seasons where at one moment, you, yeah, you had the Holy Ghost, you didn't lose it. He didn't throw you down and leave you or forsake you. And, but you had the Holy Ghost, but you didn't have that fire. And there were other days that you can look at your life and maybe today is that day for you where you can say, I didn't just have a tongue talking experience. I didn't just have a one time experience at, at an altar on Sunday morning, but I had a fire of the spirit that totally consumed my life. I woke up thinking about it. I went to work thinking about it. I went to bed and I couldn't go to sleep until I got on the floor and prayed and spoke with tongues. You know the difference and just being filled with the Holy Ghost and being consumed by the fire of the Holy Ghost. What I deliver to you this morning is that God is interested right now in pouring out his spirit and the fire of his spirit. We are living in such a day and hour facing circumstances and situations that we never thought we would. And God right now is saying, my fire is ready when you're ready. I've got the fire if you've got the desire. I've got the fire if you've 
you've got the want, I've got the fire. If you've got the need, I've got the fire. If you've got the passion. I don't just want to know that I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to have that river of living water springing forth out of me. Jesus said in John 7, 38, he that believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You know, I don't know, but you know you. I don't know you. You know you. And you can look in the mirror. You can ask yourself, are the rivers flowing? Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, are the rivers flowing? (laughs) You know the answer. I don't have to prophesy and read your mail. You'll know if you're dry. You'll know if you're barren. You'll know if the rivers are flowing. In fact, I really don't need the discerning of spirit to tell you that. I can look at you and tell you that. If you're stuck in your seat, if you're glued to the floor, and your mouth can't open, and you can't sing, and you can't praise, I'll go ahead and let you know right now the rivers aren't flowing. Because when the rivers get to flowing, you can't stay still. You can't stay quiet when the fire gets moving. I've never seen somebody touch a hot stove and stand still, much less get on fire and go to sleep. You can't get on fire and snooze in church. When you're on fire, you got to run. You got to shout. You got to praise. You got to move. People know when you're on fire. People are drawn to you when you're on fire. There's something about a fire that attracts the attention of an audience. Are you on fire? If you're not on fire, you can get the fire right now. If you don't have the fire, you can get the fire right now. You ain't got to wait. You don't have to wait. You are invited to a table of the fire of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you just what kind of fire is about to hit this place, Brother Wright. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1. Can you put that on the screen? Second Chronicles 7 and verse 1. Let me give you the context of when I found this scripture. I was in Australia over a year ago. Can't travel there now. January of 2020, I went there to preach their general conference and I get there and the whole nation is on fire, literally physical fire. The whole nation is under wildfires, billions of animals killed, thousands of lives killed. In fact, there were ministers at that general conference who told me I will lose my home while I'm here. In Canberra to the fires that are getting into our neighborhood. One minister showed me the video his neighbor sent to him and said, if you want to come save your home or the belongings of your home, you better come back home now. 
the fire have got, has gotten into our neighborhood. He said, no, we won't be coming back. He said, because my wife and I, we made up our mind. We're going to general conference this year to see our two children filled with the Holy Ghost. You can take our bed, you can take our clothes, you can take our jewelry, you can take our money, you can take everything we own. We just want to see our kids filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. In fact, after the first night, I was scheduled to preach the second night and teach a session the second day. And I got a call from the superintendent. First of all, after being awakened at three in the morning by the fire alarm... It's kind of alarming when the fire alarm goes off at 3 a.m. when you know the nation is on fire. And, and I wake up and the lady comes on the PA system and says the comforting words, don't be alarmed. She said, there's no fire here. It's just smoke. Smoke has filled the room or the hotel. An hour goes by, the fire alarm's still going off. I call the front desk, about to lose my Holy Ghost. And I said, what's the deal? She said, well... All the buildings in this downtown area of Canberra, which is the nation's capital. I know you all didn't know that because I didn't know that either. Who studies Australia? Not me. And uh, they're down under other side of the hemisphere, you know. And uh, she said, all the buildings of downtown Canberra are full of smoke and all the fire alarms are going off. And so the couple of fire departments we have are having to go to every building right now to turn off the fire alarms. (laughs) She said, so we're just waiting our turn. Finally, they get their turn it off at 7 a.m. The superintendent calls me. He said, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you. I regret to tell you, but we have to cancel general conference as of right now. It's suspended as of right now. He said, because we walked over to the convention center where we were holding the church services. He said, we opened the door and smoke just billowed out. It just, it just began to flow out of the place. And he said, we can't go in. Because smoke has filled the city. And I opened my window. In fact, I went and stood on the sidewalk. I could not see. There were buildings, skyscrapers from me to the end of this room right here. I couldn't see the buildings. I couldn't see the trees because of how much smoke was there. I got to tell this part of the story because it's pretty cool. But the youth of that nation, the youth district of that nation of Australia, they were determined. They said, well, we want to have general conference. And we're not going home until we have a general conference. Some of them had brought friends that needed to get the Holy Ghost. Some of them needed a breakthrough themselves. And so the youth, the teenagers, got, started texting and calling each other and said, Hey, we're going to pray and fast until God clears up this fire and smoke in the city so we can have general conference. They literally went to hotel rooms and Airbnbs that they had. And the, uh, they started praying and they fasted and prayed all through the day and all through the night. Didn't go to sleep. At 7 a.m. the next morning, the superintendent calls me and says, Hey, good news. General conference is back on. I said, what's going on? He said, look out your window. When I opened my window, it was the clearest day that you could have imagined. God just sent a wind into that place that blew out the smoke of that city. And we had general conference. But on the day that that it was suspended and I had nothing better to do but then to go to my room and pray and read the word of God, I, for whatever reason, began to read Second Chronicles. And I read chapter 1 and I just continued reading until I got to chapter 7. And I read in verse 1, it says this, when Solomon had ended his praying, the fire came down. Everybody say fire, fire. came down. That's significant. Natural fire goes up supernatural fire comes down from heaven and consume the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled 
the Lord's house. The glory of the Lord. If you can get that up here so they don't think I'm reading a comic book. If you can't, I understand. Verse 2. And the priest, watch this, could not enter into the house of the Lord. They couldn't go into church. Because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. In the last 12 or 13 months, have you guys have any, had any days or weeks where you could not go into the church house? On the day you were supposed to go in, been shut out, been shut in. I don't want to say that curse word, quarantined. They could not go into the Lord's house because the glory of the Lord had filled his own house. That word house in the Hebrew is simply, it's his temple. Remember that word for a moment. And watch this, verse 3. And when the children of Israel saw... When the saints came to church that day and they saw how the fire came down. They noticed the fires coming down. (laughs) And the glory of the Lord upon the house. They bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement. And worshipped and praised the Lord saying for he is His mercy endureth forever. You got to get this picture with me for just a moment. Uh, The priests go to church and they're trying to open up everything for the sacrifices and prayer and their normal agenda. They were getting ready, the praise team, their three songs and the offering and the announcements and another song and a sermon and a five-minute altar call. They were going to go through their normal routine and rituals and traditions and everybody had their name tag on their pew and, and they were ready to go through the normal, average, mundane, monotonous church service. But all of a sudden, the fire started coming down it was such a fire that it filled all of God's house God said you ain't going to have average church today I'm not letting you do your little routine today I'm going to let my fire fall I'm not letting you sit in your seat again I'm not letting you go to your comfortable pew again I'm going to pour out my spirit you're not going to do what you're used to doing but I'm going to pour out my spirit You may clap about it now, but how would you feel when you came in and somebody's in your seat? Would you mind if they sat in your seat but the Holy Ghost fell anyhow? What if we didn't sing the three songs? What if we didn't give announcements? What if we didn't have preaching but the fire fell? That's all that matters. That's all I care about. Let the fire fall. People started going to church. They said, oh, my Lord, the church is on fire. They might have got scared for just a second. Maybe the wife said, baby, baby, look, the church is on fire. Oh, my goodness, we got to call the fire department. And then the husband said, no, no, look closer. The fire's not going up. The fire's coming down. Forget calling the fire department. We about to have church. It says they got in the church parking lot, if you don't mind me saying it that way. They put their faces where? 
on the ground, on the pavement. They got uncomfortable. They got out of their comfort zone. They got out of what feels good. And they put their face on the pavement. And they worshiped. And they praised. And they said, Lord, you are good. And your mercy endureth forever. I feel like getting uncomfortable for a moment. If the fire's not falling, maybe we need to get uncomfortable. If the fire's not falling, maybe we need to put our face back in the floor. If the fire's not falling, maybe we need to run again. Shake off the dust. Shake off the rust. And get out into the fire. I read this story when I myself was kept out of the church at Australia General Conference. And I began to pray. This burden came over me. It was January the 3rd, 2020. I began to pray. And I I began to beseech the Lord saying, God, I want to see something like this happen. You ever read a story and said, I wish I could have been there? I mean, you ever read the story of the Israelites at the Red Sea and said, man, I wish I could have been there? Yeah. <laughs> Ever read the story of Daniel and the lion's den? Wish I could have been there. Noah's ark? Wish I could have been there. And I read this story and I said, man, I wish I could have been headed to church on that day and saw the fire come down and Pastor Wright, Pastor Wright and all his disciples, they were standing out in the parking lot saying, sorry, church, can't go in today. God decided to just recline himself in his own house. But don't go home. Please don't go home. While he's filling his house, why don't we sit on his front porch and pray? Maybe he'll come out here and let us in after a while. Maybe if we pray out on this pavement, uncomfortable, maybe we'll get to experience the fire ourselves. Go to verse 12. Verse 12 says... That the Lord began to speak to Solomon and said, Solomon, watch this. He appeared to him that night. They've been praying all day and all night. Well, the Lord said, this is my house. Y'all stay out there. I'm going to have a party with myself. But then the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I've heard your prayer. You know what's frustrating about that? Is I'd rather God show up in the present prayer and say, I hear your prayer. But he don't always show up in the present. He shows up in the future sometimes and says, I I heard your prayer. I didn't show up when you prayed, but I heard you. I didn't show up when you asked for healing, but I heard you. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I wasn't planning on going to this verse, but this is for somebody. Uh, You've wondered why he didn't show up then, uh, but he's showing up now. Uh, And he said, I heard you past tense. Uh, I heard your prayer. 
I'm not trying to put the light on me or my wife, but we had a desperate prayer just a few months ago when our little baby girl was dying and we prayed for her. We fasted for her. People all over the world texting us, we're praying for you. And on November the 28th, she died and we buried her later that week. And I got to a place of darkness, spiritually and emotionally, where I couldn't go to prayer anymore because I was frustrated that he didn't show up when I prayed. Why would I pray? Why would I keep praying to a God that doesn't show up when I ask him to show up? It was about two weeks after we buried our little girl and the Lord showed up to me and said, I heard you when you prayed. I didn't show up when you prayed, but I'm here now. I'm here now. I'm here. I feel a prophetic anointing for somebody. The Lord is reaching for you saying, I'm here now. I wasn't there then, but I'm here now. I'm here now. I'm here now. I'm here now. I was, I am, and I will forever be your Jehovah Jireh. Some of us feel like Martha at the tomb of your brother saying, if you had been here, if you had shown up yesterday, my brother would have been all right. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And though he were dead, yet shall he live. I am your faith. I am your hope. I am your healer. Somebody lift up your hands and receive the faith that God's here now. I'm going to walk in the Holy Ghost, Pastor Wright, and if I get off, you just take the microphone. But I feel a spirit, a seed of bitterness that has tried to sow a seed of bitterness into your heart, into your mind, into your soul. Because God did not show up when you wanted him to show up. I'm prophesying in the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody right here is battling your own faith and your own belief in God. You have fought a devil for seven straight nights. You couldn't sleep any of those nights. You didn't get more than an hour or two of sleep at night because every night that same devil came to you and said, he's not real. He doesn't know you. He doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. I come against that spirit of fear by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus. I set you free. Be thou delivered Be thou set free In the name Of the Lord Jesus I got a word of faith. The Lord has given you a word 
of revelation, understanding, and knowledge. But now I have a word of faith for this church. Put up that verse real quick. I heard your prayer. Somebody say, he heard me. He heard me. You stay right here for a second. I want this young man to stay right here. I heard your prayer. Here's the word of faith. And I've chosen this place. Somebody shout this place. I've chosen this place for me, for myself as a house of sacrifice. I didn't show up when you wanted me to show up. I didn't heal when you wanted me to heal. I didn't perform right at the moment you wanted me to perform. But I got a word for you. I heard your prayer. And because you kept praying. Because you kept believing. Because you kept marching through the valley of the shadow of death. I have chosen Brother Wright, I feel a word of prophecy in this place. The Lord has chosen this place. It wasn't your doing. It wasn't your doing. God said you didn't deny my word. You did not deny my name. So I have opened a door unto you that no man can shut. I have chosen this place for me. Go to the next verse. I want you to notice what God does when he takes responsibility. And I want you to remember this. Who is in charge? God says, when I shut up heaven and send forth no rain. What does that mean, Pastor? When I stop the harvest in your church, I shut up heaven and I didn't send you any rain, which meant I stopped the harvest. Stopped it. But it goes further and says, and when I send locusts to devour the land, what does that mean? When I take from you the harvest you once had. I stopped you from having harvest and I stopped you from keeping it. What? But I thought it was sister so-and-so that they messed up and brother so-and-so. And I thought it was this division and this bitter. No, no, I'm in charge. Then he says, when I send pestilence among my people, that word pestilence in the Hebrew means a fatal epidemic or disease. God says, you thought it was the devil? No, I'm in charge. When I send a pestilence among my people. Notice there's not a period at the end of that. He's establishing who's in charge. Somebody say he's in charge. But he's got a people. Next verse. For if my people, which are called by... If my people which are called by my, there's a lot of people that think they're mine, but I've only got one, I've only got one sheepfold, and that sheepfold is the people of my name. I've only got one people, I've only got one church, and that's the church of my name. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and just keep on praying, you just keep on praying. When I stop the harvest, when I 
When I took from you the harvest you once had. When I send sickness and disease into my people. If you just keep on praying. If you just keep on praying. If you just keep on praying. If you turn to me for away from your wicked ways. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. And I will heal their land. I remember praying as I read this and I said, God, at some point in the next year, I want to see this fire like they saw in the Old Testament. Fill your house, fill your temple. And the Lord had to correct me because I had my eyes on a building. When Paul said, know ye not that your body is the temple, the house of the Holy Ghost, and you are not your own, but you were bought with a price. You are not your own, but you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Know ye not that your body... What God's trying to say is this. He has chosen this place. This place. This place. Come on, somebody point to yourself and say, he's chosen this place. He's chosen this place. He's not chosen this place for debauchery and sin. He's not chosen this place for worldliness and carnality. He he has not chosen this place for fear and anxiety. He's not chosen this place for you to lose sleep at night. He has chosen this place to be filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Just worship him for a moment. Just worship the Lord for a moment. Would you all stand if you can? Would you stand and just keep worshiping for a moment? We don't need any music this morning. We're just going to worship the Lord together. Would you just worship for a second? I'm going to tell you this because I feel this is a word of faith for this body. It was around a year ago, around a year ago, we were scheduled to preach in the Houston area of Texas, about a three-hour drive from where we live, and so we were going to get up early and drive there that morning. I go to the closet sometime around 6, 5, 36 in the morning. I'm looking at my line of suits and dress shirts, and just a sickness of discontent came into me, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? feel like I was just stuck in a tradition of mold. Here I am spending more time wondering about what clothes to wear, what suit, what tie, what dress shoes, what belt, what this, what that. 
that I have spent praying for the deliverance and salvation of lost souls. And we drove the three hours that morning and I was just so eaten up with a burden for souls that morning. And as I'm driving, I can just, I was ministering to God and praying and I felt the Lord minister back to me. And all of a sudden, somewhere around that third hour, God began to tell me, preach on the fire of my spirit. I'm sending a fire that cannot be quenched into my people. I don't have time to tell you everything about that, but we may talk about it tonight. But the Lord just put a burden in me and he said, preach about the fire of the Holy Ghost. So I get up to preach that morning and I start preaching about the fire of the Holy Ghost. And, and uh, some people came that morning to the altar and there were several that received the gift of the Holy Ghost for the very first time with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and as I'm leaving the service afterwards I'm heading out and I'm walking out of the, the lobby area and this family grabs me my attention and says Brother Green we've got to talk to you and, and I turn around and there stood this family and it was an Indian family and it was a young man in his 20s who got my attention he said I've got to tell you something he said my sister, his teenage sister, he said, she just received the gift of the Holy Ghost today, speaking in tongues. He said, we were all touched. He said, we're from India. We just moved here a few months ago. And he said, my father is Greek Orthodox. My mom is Roman Catholic. And they were standing right there. I said, what are you doing at a Pentecostal church? He said, well, that's what I want to tell you. He said, we've never been here before, but we've been looking for this place. He said, for the past few weeks, I had this reoccurring dream every night. And he said, it became so heavy upon me. I felt to share it with my dad, but I was scared to share it. And finally, I did. He said, to my surprise, my dad's eyes widened and said, son, I've been having the same exact dream. I said, what was this dream about? He said, well, in the dream. And he said, I'm going to try to describe it the best I can. He didn't have acts vocabulary but I could hear what he was saying he said in this dream we'd be at this church and everybody was there and all of a sudden this fire would show up he said and it would fill the whole building and he said but it would move like a wind out of control like a rushing mighty wind <laughs> he said and no one was afraid of it but everybody was reaching for it and that fire would consume them and they'd begin to shout and rejoice he said, I told my dad, we need to find this fire. He said, we've been to seven or eight different churches in the last three weeks and we couldn't find the fire until today. He said, we came in this church a little reluctant. He said, but when y'all began to shout and sing and praise and worship, he said, I started feeling goosebumps. He said, I thought this might be the place. He said, then you got in the pulpit and said, today, I want to preach about the fire of the Holy Ghost. He said, I started really thinking this really might be the place. He said, but when we came forward and God filled my sister with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, he said, I elbowed my dad and said, we found the fire. We found. 
I want to let you know something. You found the fire too. And the fire's found you. Why don't you lift up your voice? Because you found. You ought to at least act like you found the fire. You ought to at least act like you found the fire. If you haven't found it yet, the fire wants to find you today. What you don't realize is that that Indian family who is receiving those dreams from God, God is no respecter of persons. They are not unique in the kingdom of God. What I'm saying is this. They're not the only family in the world having dreams and visions of a Holy Ghost fire reaching for them. There's people right here in this building that have been having dreams. There's people right here in this neighborhood, in this city, that have been having similar dreams of a Holy Ghost fire reaching for them. Come on, somebody, reach out for the fire for a moment. The way you can reach right now with your faith is to lift up your hands. The reason why we lift up our hands is because two things. We're surrendering to God, saying, God, I relinquish control. I let go of myself. I'm surrendering to you. But but number two, it's an act of faith, of expectation, saying, God... I don't want to just let go of myself. I want to receive who you are. Would you lift your hands right where you are and begin to pray that prayer of expectation? I want to receive your spirit. I want to receive your salvation. I want to receive your fire. If you're desperate for the fire of God's spirit, I want to invite you to step out to this altar right now. Only those, only those who are truly desperate for the fire of God's spirit. Would you step out right now and come to this altar? Come on, just begin to say it with all of your heart. I want your fire. I want your spirit. I want the rivers of living water. I don't want just a drink. I don't want just a drop. I want to be overwhelmed by your spirit.
There is one who's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm unworthy to bear, for he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Holy Spirit, blow through this house. Fire of God, blow through this house. I have heard your prayer. I have heard your prayer. I have heard your prayer. And I have chosen this place as my dwelling place. I've chosen this temple. That's it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Come on. Get that fire. If this is your first time and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's the fire I've been preaching about. His spirit is your gift. His spirit is your gift. Go ahead and open the gift. Open the gift. Lift up your hands and open the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody reach right now. Forget about everything else and just reach for God. Just reach for God. Just reach for God. Just 
Jesus said, if anyone's thirsty, if anyone's thirsty, come to me, come to me, come to me, and out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Somebody come to Jesus today. Come to Jesus today.